It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Steve Keen is the absolute god of football. <laughs> We never like to date our podcast because we want you to enjoy them wherever you can. However, it's too important to ignore. Happy Independence Day to all our listeners in Barbados. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's also St. Andrew's Day in Scotland, and I think it's a bank holiday, so that's nice. And bizarrely, it's National Moose Day in America. Now, that isn't moose, the large woodland animal, but rather the whipped dessert. I'm Andy Baxter, and this is Pines of Football, the nation's drunkest football podcast. And with me tonight, an enemy of desserts everywhere, it's Daz Napton. Unless they're whipped. Unless they're whipped, especially if they're whipped, I don't know. Depends if you, it depends which which usage of the word whipped you want to go down the route of using. A, a whipped moose, you know, could be something entirely different to what we're talking about, couldn't it? It could be like, if they, I don't know if mooses are any good for farming, so they could use them for that. They're quite big. So if you needed them to like pull something along, you could do it. They'd be big and strong, like like a horse. But I don't yeah. know how compliant they are. Whipped mouse. I think I saw them in that download in 2015. Anyway, all nonsense aside, I don't know if we have any listeners in Barbados, but if we do, happy Independence Day. Enjoy being free of England by listening to two weird English people talking about obscure football. Well, you know, it's sort of nostalgic, isn't it? I mean, I don't know, because I think it was 1966 they got independence. So I don't know who remembers independence and yet understands podcasts enough to listen to us waffle on about nonsense. It's probably a very slim slither of the Venn diagram, isn't it? I don't want to be too critical of Barbados neither, but if you're going to choose a time to leave England, and you probably shouldn't pick the year we won the World Cup. Be one of the few times you'd want to be involved. Well, yeah, because it will have been in the summer, won't it? So it will have happened by now. You think they just put a pin in it just for just for twelve months, wouldn't you? And just do do it next year. Maybe it was a big farce. The whole World Cup win. It was probably a team made up of people from Barbados. So when England won the World Cup, 
all the lads who were playing were actually from Barbados. And obviously England claimed the credit for winning it. And they were like, sod this, we're off. Well, that's true, because we've only seen the sort of grainy black and white footage, haven't we? Yeah. Jeff Hurst. Not having it. Bobby Moore, Alan Ball, can't ask them, can you? Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll dig it up in a, in a what's it called, a deep dive. <laughs> the yeah. Barbados finals. <laughs> our, the- our thesis is, did Barbados win the World Cup in 1966? Conclusion, no. Rihanna's song, Umbrella, was actually about her time visiting the UK and having to wear an umbrella. Just to, to meet her long lost granddad, Jeff Hurst. Unless it's sort of like a metaphorical umbrella to sort of symbolize the big cover up of this. And we've of actually, the win. Exactly. Mm. It, she's sort of trying to hint at it, but without being too explicit. So uh, people don't rumble her. Isn't she one of the youngest self made billionaires? I reckon we could probably bribe her for a couple of quid if we agreed to keep this you know, under yeah. our umbrellas. Wow, that's pretty good if she's a self-made billionaire and, you know, just, I mean, it's pretty good. I'm sure she wouldn't waste her time coming to talk to us, but you're right if we threaten to, to lift a lid on it. She might have no choice. Yeah, and then we'll become the first self-made podcast billionaires. Yeah. When I say self-made, <laughs> yeah, largely, not, largely bribed. Largely funded by Rihanna. But, you know, can... My dad wrote a porno or Adam Buxton show. Can they boast that? Don't think so. True enough. Barbados versus West Germany, 1966. (laughs) (laughs) What really happened? Anyway, we're not here to talk about Barbados, but we are here to talk about one of our random countries. Now, we did come up with a name for this feature, and I can't for the life of me remember it. Something like Global Story Football nonsense i don't know wasn't that was it it, it kind of was something like that i think it was mm. like global world football story or something yeah if we remember we'll put it in in the edit at the end so just to remind everyone last time you pulled out brunei mm. tough one i thought that as well but having done even just an inch of research through wiki i found i dare say you could have a degree there will in america somewhere in one of their colleges there will be a degree on the history of brunei football because it's that intense and it's that that far reaching wow what i'm going to do is i'm going to start by telling you a little bit about the island in case you weren't sure where brunei is or what it what it does were you aware? I no, I don't know a, a great deal about it to be honest. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Brunei is a chunk of land in the north of an Indonesian island, which is actually surrounded in land owned by Malaysia. Right. So there's an island which is, let's say, seventy percent. Indonesia. The north part is Malaysia. And the top little bit, little cherry on the top, so to speak, is Brunei. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can picture where it is. So it's there, right in amongst all the 
islands, you know, the sort of what I'd call the, probably not the best turn of phrase, but the sort of mishmash islands of the southern Asian reaches. Yeah, there's, there's that and Philippines and all places around there, isn't there? Yeah, which I imagine are probably some of the most beautiful islands in the world. But for the sake of this, let's call it a chunk of land in the mishmash. <laughs> don't, don't want to give them too much credit unless they invite us out to go and see them. Tell you yeah. what, if you're listening, if you're from Brunei, Singapore, Malaysia, Vietnam. Yep, Singapore, all them. Yeah. And you want to prove us wrong, that you're not just a chunk of land in the mishmash. <laughs> Get us out there and prove us wrong, because until you do, all of our listeners are going to believe. Just a chunk of land in the mishmash? So yeah, so that's the island. If I was to tell you that there's two possible facts about the Brunei national football team, you've got to guess which one's correct. Ooh. They're not that interesting. Brunei national football team, men's football team, is a nation on the up. Brunei men's national football team is a team on the downward. You're right, that wasn't interesting. Um, I Let's go with their on the up. Let's be positive. Let's say they've got a new progressive manager and they're, go, they're, they're really making a go of it. Okay, well, I'm pleased to tell you that they are indeed on the up. And despite the greatest ever defeat coming in 2001 in a 12-0 defeat to the United Arab Emirates, I'm pleased to tell you, Baxter, that this month, this exact month that we're in now, Brunei have recorded the greatest ever victory. Nice. That's what we like. And it was a 6-2 win against the first ever in the mix Nations Challenge team, Timor Leste. That's good then. And also, it's funny how it all comes back full circle as if there's been some kind of plan to this this, this crap all along. Exactly. And the greatest thing about the victory, the 6-2 victory, was that it meant that they've qualified for 2022 AFF Championship. Oh, okay. Also known as the Mitsubishi Electric Cup. Fab. Which will kick off on the 20th of December and run through till the 16th of Jan. So if you're at a loose end between Christmas and New Year backs, yeah, well, that's that. We, we missed out on the Baltic Cup, unfortunately. We did. Yeah. Won by Iceland, in case anyone's waiting for us to give the continuous story from last week. Well, the best part about the, the Baltic Cup, of course, was weren't three out of the four games decided by penalties. Yeah, the same three out of four games also had a red card as well. Fabulous. <laughs> so, proper football for proper people. <laughs> but no, in lieu of that, we have got the AFF Championship, the Mitsubishi Electric Cup 22. And Thailand are the defending champions, which for Brunei isn't great. What we need to say about it is Brunei, unfortunately, are in a group with Thailand. So it doesn't give them the best chance of progression. Are Other Thailand's teams, the big fish in there then? They are in Group A. In Group B, you've probably got a few more recognisable teams. In fact, Group B, I would say, is 
probably stronger. We've got Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, Laos, and Myanmar. But Group A, there's an argument to say they could make it out. Also, you know, the, the sort of big nations in there, comparatively, I suppose. We've got Thailand, obviously the champions. We've got the Philippines, Indonesia, and Cambodia. See, not knowing much about them, I know we said Thailand was the sort of big team there. I, it sounds like anyone could beat anyone. Maybe we should do a spin-off part about the Mitsubishi Electric AFF Cup. Well, maybe at the very least, because it's between Christmas and New Year, hmm. maybe we could um, make some time to cover it, if not just on Twitter. We'll take it in turns to stay up till three in the morning to watch the games. <laughs> yeah, does yeah. But going back to the national team, they are currently 190th ranked in the FIFA rankings, which is far lower than the Solomon Islands that you covered last time out. If, yeah, that's if, bad, isn't it? If you could consider that possible. The highest they've ever been was 140th, so they've never been a powerhouse. But... The lowest point came in October 2012, where they sank to 203rd. Is that last? It's got to be joint last, hasn't it? Mm. I can't think of any more countries than that. I can't think. 203 is my limit, I think. Yeah, I could probably do 204, but (laughs) you're then getting onto like the Ascension Islands and. Benin. It's getting sillier by that point, isn't it? Yeah. But no, they, they are a team on the rise and they've won two games this year out of six, which, you know, isn't the worst. No. Some may attribute their success to the fact they've got a technical director from Northern Ireland. Wow. It's a strange Paul, appointment, isn't it? Paul Munster. <laughs> yeah. Good name, though. Yeah, who in 2004 made his burst onto the scene for Canadian Premier League team, London City. Okay, doing what? As a player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the star striker of that team, scoring 25 goals in 19 matches. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, the former Cliftonville youth player who is, at this moment in time, only 40 years old. You know what I'm going to say. Get him on. Get him on. Then since then, he's done all sorts of stuff. But of course, he's been building up to this big role that he started this year Mm. as the technical director of Brunei. (laughs) Not even manager, technical director. (laughs) You ain't got time for that. He also was the technical director of Round Glass Punjab in India. He was. Good old Paul Munster. Good old Paul Munster. But if you thought that was interesting, if you thought the national team and the Northern Irish technical director was interesting, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> because the story of today, the main headline story, is going to be about arguably Brunei's greatest domestic club I am going to have to read the full name of the club which um, may take me a couple of minutes are you ready? yeah go for it Dully Pengrian Muda 
Makota Football Club, His Royal Highness the Crown Prince of Brunei Football Club. The, the, the fans probably sing something a bit shorter for them, don't they? Well, yeah, they're commonly known as DPMM. Fine. The Wasps. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Mm. And perhaps the most interesting thing about the club, before we get into the history of it, is that the former goalkeeper is actually the Prince of Brunei, which is Crown Prince Haji al Mutadi Bilah bin Hassanal Bolkai. We're going to have to come up with some shows and names. We're going to have to come up with a system. Maybe like the Brazilian players do, where they just make up a nickname for themselves. Maybe they do that over there. Maybe we'll just call him Al. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I mean, I think most people, places, and club names begin with Al in, in that region, but I'm sure it won't get confusing. Al 1, Al 2. Do you think in the dressing room it's hard when someone shouts Al? It might be. But no, he's the crown prince of Brunei and the former goalkeeper of this team. It's just not something you'd see in other countries, I don't think, would you? No, why not? Just just go for it. It's 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 great. I'm all I'm all for it. Considering the club has only been around for twenty two years. They have done a hell of a lot of stuff, really. They started off in 2001 in the Pepsi Cup, which was, I'm assuming, the name of the Brunei Cup at the time. Mm. And after one, two, three, four, five years in and amongst all of that, they had a couple of second-place finishes and a couple of league titles. And then in 2005, they mysteriously withdrew from the league as probably the best team. Mm, okay, and we, we've seen this before, haven't we? Teams just mysteriously pulling out. Yeah, but don't worry. This is for a good reason. This okay. is for this is for pure ambition reason. Because what they did was they withdrew from the Brunei Premier League, and then appeared in the Malaysian Premier League. So basically, I think what had happened is they were just getting fed up winning every game and decided to try and go somewhere a bit more competitive. If it's close by, which from what you've said it is, then yeah, why not? If it's a better league. Yeah. But, I mean, there's, there's only so far you can go being the best team in your league. It's sort of like a Celtic and, and Rangers situation, isn't it? Yeah, and they clearly had ambition. At the time, and there's quite a good theme here, at the time they do drastic changes, they pretty much always seem to have an English man in charge as the manager. <laughs> good kind of like someone's come over and gone we could be better than this yeah enough of all this crap let's get on with it yeah and then when they eventually sort out paperwork of going to a new league the guy's clearly got bored and sodded off himself and this is an english guy who's taken them from brunei to malaysia this is graham charles padon okay fine yeah and, and graham charles padon I'm saying it like that. It's from Manchester. It's probably not pronounced like that. The thing that intrigued me most about him, apart from the fact that in 1976, he had an England under-23s cap where he got debut goal and never played again. 
the thing that really interests me is that he died in a place called Scratby, which I've never heard of. In England? Yeah. No, I don't... Scratby. Maybe that's why he died, because he, he was... He, it's like um, Narnia. Mm. Only 57. Bit suspicious. A little bit, yeah. Bit like Barbados 1966 all over again, if you ask me. Yeah, so as soon as someone pulls Scrappy out of the random place generator, that's it, we'll be shut down. Never never heard of again, will we? So anyway, this guy, Graham Padon, making himself French now, he decided that he was going to help the team go over to Malaysia. And that's exactly what happened. They joined the Malaysian Premier League, which I'm sure you already know, Baxter, is the second tier of Malaysia. Hmm. Despite being called the Malaysian Premier League, <laughs> what's the pre- what's the top division called then? Super League, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fine. And they lasted about three years in that before having a year of not playing, and then all of a sudden they appeared in two thousand and nine in the Singapore League. Yeah, why not? Just like getting about like the um, Harlem Globetrotters. So within eight years, they've completed Brunei. Yeah. They won promotion from the second tier of Malaysia, finished third in the Malaysian Prem, and then disappeared. They're just having a little mooch about, aren't they? They're just signing short-term leases wherever they go. Yeah, maybe just putting the feelers out. And anyway, they then appeared in 2009 in the Singapore League, where on their debut season, guess where they finished? Second is the sort of the one that's leaping out. Expelled. Oh, interesting. Do we know more about it? Yeah, we do. Yeah, in 2009, they were expelled because they became the first team in the Singapore League to play matches outside of Singapore. And following on from that, FIFA suspended them because of internal affairs from their government. Yeah, but surely they knew that that if they moved into the Singapore League, they'd have to sort of do things a bit differently, just sort of logistically. Internal affairs sounds like they're not giving us the full detail there, doesn't it? Yeah. Weirdly, after 20 months, FIFA decided to lift the suspension. And Mm. they were actually allowed back into the Singapore League in 2012. Stinks a bit this, doesn't it? Yeah, clearly that's where they wanted to be because they would then go on to stay there for eight years. And out of those eight years, they actually managed to win the league twice. Nice. Good, that'll show them for kicking the mouth. Tiny, tiny, tiny little club from Brunei. And I think all of the players are from Brunei as well. It's not one of these bring in the Brazilians. No, I was going to say, and I'm sure it's not a massive place either, so they're probably all sort of local and, you know, local to the to the, to the place and to the ground and all stuff like that. It's, yeah, I like get, it. Get the prince in net. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they, they had a real good run, obviously, after that ban for 20 months. Kind of probably give them a chance to regroup. And then in 2020, they 
had the second spell of having a English manager in charge. Oh, okay. Welcome to the team, Adrian Pennock. Fine. Yeah, nice. Good on you, Adrian. A man who in 1991 went online to Mold in Norway, but is probably most well known for his time at Bournemouth and Gillingham. You know, he's a classic, like, travel man of the EFL, as it is now. Ended his career at Gravesend in North Fleet. And, of course, what's the natural progression from that? The team <laughs> with the long name in Brunei? Or <laughs> <You know. laughs> in Singapore? To be fair, he did have spells at Welling United as manager, Forest Green, Gillingham, Barrow, and then went to Brunei to try his... Try his uh, Angle abroad, I guess. I, I always wonder how that kind of move comes about because are Brunei approaching the manager of Barrow and saying, come and have a go? Because she, she, it seems bizarre. Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Yeah. I mean, you'd think it was a joke at first, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think you would. But it obviously wasn't a joke and it did attract other, well, I'll say big names. It attracted other names along <laughs> <laughs> along to Brunei. And I'm pleased to tell you about an article which is on dpmmfc.club, which is from Barnet to Brunei, which is the story of Bristol Rovers, former Bristol Rovers defender, Charlie Clough. That name rings a bell. But that wasn't that long ago that he was there, I think. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baxter's hard bovril. Pacing your eyes, pacing your eyes, pacing your eyes, pacing your eyes, pacing your eyes. That's one meaty spirit. Oh, yes. Why move to Asia has been the best decision of Centre Half's life. And in case you were wondering, Baxter, in case you are looking to move over to Brunei and start off your professional career, Clough actually gives us a bit of insight into how his move transpired. We get an official interview here, which says, at most clubs in Asia, you go on trial for one or two weeks so that the management higher up can see the import players with their own eyes. Their brune eyes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) their brune eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And the crown prince was actually there because he's now the chairman. And apparently, Clough says, my trial went well. Within a week of being back in the UK, 
they offered me a contract, which you've got to be a bit annoyed if you've paid for the flight time. Yeah, if you knew you were going to offer me it, just let me stay over here and look for a house. Yeah, it probably took him a week to get back from Brunei. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I don't imagine there's a direct flight. In fairness, though, they might have been trying to call him, but he was, <laughs> yeah. he was just stuck on a plane for a week trying to get home. <laughs> they thought he wasn't interested. So yeah, so Charlie Clough's over there, the big man on campus. And despite all of his records suggesting that he's a centre-back, hmm. apparently, according to this, he scored 11 goals in 29 games. Which... Maybe, maybe he isn't... Um... A centre off then? Maybe he's converted. Yeah. He's from Taunton. Like you see sometimes when a player gets older and they change how they play and they take a different um, approach to the game and all that. Maybe he's just done that, but the other way around, he's gone further forward. Um, According to Bing Maps, not Google Maps, Bing Maps, that's the one that opened first, you mm. can't get from England to Brunei. You just can't. <laughs> so I don't know why he's done it because yeah, it says the difference between one or more waypoints is too long to calculate directions. It just can't can't be done. So that's a shame, isn't it? That is a shame, really. That really is a, a shame. But he obviously made it somehow, and he'll be glad he did because what actually happened was in 2020, sorry, 2019, just before he arrived. They'd won the league, so they'd won the Singapore Premier, and he's joining the top team of Singapore in Brunei. And this is where it potentially gets a bit more malicious, perhaps, from the Singapore League. Imagine that you are the head of the English FA and the Premier League's running and Swansea City win the league. Mm. You're not going to be best pleased that the English Premier League being won by a Welsh team, are you? No, and funny enough, it goes back to when I was talking to, to Mark from um, Merthyr Town and the Welsh FA, because he was talking about Merthyr being, well, once Wrexham go up, Merthyr are the last Welsh non-league team playing in England, but Merthyr have always played in England since the 40s, I think he said, so it's... um. You know, it's part of their identity kind of thing. So there's sort of there's no animosity. I did ask the question. Um I remember what what Welsh people think and what Welsh teams think of them being in England, but it's just, you know, they're kind of used to it now. Yeah. Maybe it's a similar kind of situation with with, with Brunei, but actually no, because it's a lot more recent because they've moved around a bit, haven't they? So if you were a malicious person, Baxter, and a Welsh team had won your English Premier League and you wanted to make sure that couldn't happen again, mm. what sort of thing might you do? Maybe uh, some restrictions? Yeah, it's quite drastic, isn't it, to sort of kick them out altogether. But you'd, I don't know, what could, what could you do? Could you have some kind of player restriction or some kind of salary cap? I don't know what, what would be fair. Well, I think what they did, by the sounds of it, reading between the lines of Wikipedia, which, of course, as we know, are the ultimate lines of reading between, <laughs> it seems as though the league put a limit on non-Singapore players being registered to a team. Oh, dear. Which, unfortunately, for our heroes, 
BPMM FC. They had to withdraw. That's a shame. And we've got here an article from two years ago from, again, dpmmfc.club. Uncertainty over champions. And I like this because they've had to put in there that they are champions, so everyone's aware. Brunei DPMMFC's participation in S poor Premier League restart. You wouldn't even refer to them as Singapore. I had to shorten it out of disgust. Yeah. And it goes on to say, defending champions Brunei DPMM have missed the Monday, October 12th deadline to confirm their participation in the Singapore Premier League, which restarts next Saturday. Couldn't have found them, aren't they? Just a week before. Yeah. <laughs> Just have the fixtures ready either way. (laughs) And, yeah, unfortunately, it was announced that the Singapore Premier League would return as a nine-team league. And the coronavirus pandemic is ultimately what's been blamed for it. You know, was it ever going to restart? Was anyone going to be committed? Could we fly over there? You know, that sounds like a handy sort of excuse, doesn't it? Yeah. Adrian Pennock, of course, our English manager, mm. at the time of this article, was none the wiser. <laughs> oh. He'd been doing training with the, the 10 players that were able to register. So, it, you know, it never looked likely. I mean, if you're only training with 10 lads the week before the season... Yeah, I mean, they probably knew the sort of the game was off, didn't they? Never mind. What he went on to say was, ideally, we would want to defend our title, even if we have not had a single full training session since the break. We showed our quality by beating Tampines Rovers 2-0 at home in our first and only game. Imagine the EPL without Liverpool. The league won't be the same without the defending champions. Now, as an Everton fan back, I'm sure you do often imagine the EPL without Liverpool, but Liverpool, yeah. you, you can't help but, you know. I mean, I guess he said that after they won the league the other year, so that kind of makes a bit more sense. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I, I, I was I was sold on him until that point. Yeah, and what he went on to say after that was, we have to respect the rules of the government. We are not in control of the financial decision. But morale within the team is good. It's not an easy situation to be inland. We will keep our heads down and keep working. Sometimes in times of despair, you need that English foreign get your heads down and just play ethos, I think. Yeah, it's it's, what can you do in times of adversity, stiff upper lip and all that. And that's, yeah, it's a nice way to end. Exactly. But... It's not the end. Oh. Because what would happen is they would be dangled the carrot of re-entry back into the Brunei Premier League. Yes. And uh, I don't know if it's a happy ending or a sad ending because the previous year, the Brunei Premier League was actually won by the reserve team of DPMM. Right. Yeah. But it's only a small place, isn't it? It's kind of that many teams. Well, you say that. 
The Singapore League apparently restarted with nine teams, according to the article. In the Brunei Premier League, we actually have 15 teams, which seems incredible to me. There must be a huge hunger for it on that little tiny dot of land. But you'll be pleased to know, Bex, that six games in, DPMM have scored 56 goals. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. In the league. Kept the squad together then, by the sounds of it. Yeah, in the Brunei FA Cup, mm. they have scored twenty nine goals in three games, which includes a recent eighteen nil win. Yeah, no, I can see why they wanted out. Seems might be a bit boring. But having said that, they've scored fifty six goals in six games, which obviously they've won all the games, conceded one goal, but. The top three, you've got the top two, sorry, on 18 points and third place on 16 points. So there's, you know, there's clearly other teams that are... Yeah, that can play. Trying to trying to make a fist of it. The ambition's got to be to get back up into the Indonesian, Malaysian, whoever will take them, Premier League. I'm putting it out there. Combine them all into one big mega league. The South Asian Isles Mega League. That seems like a pint of a football FM draft. It does. Yeah, there probably is a database for Brunei and Vietnam and all them in Indonesia. Well, you can actually play as this team on Football Manager because they're, they're of course, up until recently, were in the Singapore League. No, that's true, yeah. So I've actually considered it's a starting... League, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has been for years. When I was younger, I actually wanted to start in that league, but I think it was one of those where you think, oh, I'll start there and sign like loads of English mm. deadbeats. But I think it was back in the early FM days where you didn't get warnings about the registration window. And then when you came to register, it'd be like, you you can have two foreign players. You've got yeah. like, 20 you've, lads. You've signed a squad of them and you go, ah, okay. But it never used to warn you about these things. Do you remember that back in the day? Um, you maybe didn't play as much obscure I, football as No, me. you're right, I didn't. So I, I probably didn't fall foul of that too often. <laughs> to end, I wanted to bring the attention back to another former DPMM FC manager arguably the greatest manager of all time in terms of stature. Good. You may or may not have heard of him. You probably will have wanted to tell you a bit about him anyway. It's former Premier League manager Stephen Keane. Uh, doesn't ring a bell. So his main role as a manager was at Blackburn for three years in 2010. And before that, he'd sort of been assistant coach at you know, the staple club's Fulham, Coventry, Rail Sociedad. Okay. Do you know what? Yeah, Steve Keane, I do remember him, actually. Yeah. I think I only remember him at, um, at Blackburn. Yeah, well, he had three years at Blackburn, and then after leaving there, he went to DPMM FC in Brunei. Of course. And he stayed there for four years, give him his dues. He probably won a league or two over there, I imagine. And then after that, he went on to manage the Brunei national team. In fact, no, looking back, he managed the Brunei national team at the same time. Nice. That is, yeah. 
Do you know what? I'm starting to think these should be more higher profile than 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 we give it credit for. Maybe it's just a beautiful place or something, or yeah. there's obviously something about it that attracts these people to go. Maybe we should we should have our next AGM there. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, the, the reason he's managed all these, assistant managed all these clubs is because Chris Coleman, of course, was at Fulham, Saishidad in Coventry. So he was always his, like, number two guy. That's that is... a lovely job as well, isn't it? You don't even have to be the main guy if someone keeps taking you with him. Oh, delicious. But then he thought, sod that. I'm going to break out. I'm going to do Blackburn first. <laughs> and then <laughs> off to the big ones, Brunei. And then since then, you'd be pleased to see that he's been at OFI Crete as the technical director. Oh. <laughs> what a job. Yeah, no. And then he randomly made the step down, I guess, went over to Melbourne Victory to become the assistant coach. You know what? We're laughing at, it, laughing at his career path, but bloody hell, he's doing all right, isn't he? Yeah. And then in 2021, he must have been gutted because when the manager got sacked of Melbourne Victory, he had to step in as the caretaker manager for a bit. Oh, no. He had to pull his finger out. Furious, isn't he? He's like, I've been trying to just coast. (laughs) I'm just a simple Scotsman. Is there a lazier man in football? We need to figure it out. Oh, it's great. I mean, I'm looking at his playing career in his... In his, oh, granted, only nine-year career, he only managed, like, 50 appearances in nine years. And 35 of those came in one season in Portugal. (laughs) Steve Keane is the absolute god of football. We need to to do a deep dive into Steve Keane, get him on. Well, he's not, going to, he's not going to come on. No, not not when he's currently the academy director of Hibs. Oh, okay, so at least he's in in our time zone then. Yeah, he's in our time zone. You, you know, he's suffering with the cold like the rest of us. Hating it, hating it. I was back in Crete or over in Brunei. Crete or Melbourne or Brunei? Exactly. I only own shorts. All all the shorts he owns is from his 1991 <laughs> season at Naval in Portugal. <clears throat> wow. So yeah, I thought it'd be a nice one to end on. It's not Brunei, it's in fact <laughs> Scotland, it's Steve Keane, but what a guy. Oh, we, we salute you, Steve Keane. Yeah, I think we should uh, dedicate something to him whenever we have something that we own. Next, Yeah, next time we get something, it can be... In, not in his memory because he, he's still with us but you know we'll, we'll you know we'll figure it out yeah we'll honour maybe we'll go up to Hibs youth team one time and watch a game there Just heckle him do we need to draw another team out for whoever's next up yes we do and it will be for Tom unfortunately Tom is not with us today he has been well, I don't know if we're allowed to say this. This might be a world exclusive. He's actually been released from Planet Football, mutually agreed in a sort of Cristiano Ronaldo style. Well, yeah, he shouldn't have come out and give the inter- that interview about the, uh, the, the, the podcast Overlord, should he? That's the thing. He went on the Pierce Morgan show. <laughs> 
which strangely enough didn't get aired. It's a shame, really. It would have been good for us publicity-wise, I think. But, <laughs> but yeah, since then, he's not really been seen, has he? No. Would you think too big for his boots and wants uh, to go and try his hand in a bigger and better podcast? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to draw Tom a country and I'm hitting the button now for the first time. Oh, he's going to love this. He is absolutely going to love this. Good. This could not have been better for him. He has drawn possibly his favourite country ever, Japan. Ah, good. And there's going to be some weird old stuff over there too. Yeah, that'll be a fun episode though. Yeah, that's nice. Do you want me to wrap it up? Yeah, I think you should. Conjunctivitis.com. That's a sight for sore eyes. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.